Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. I am Zach on Film. Across from me is Steven Schleicher. I'm doing it all for you, Zach. I'm doing it all for you. That's super creepy. All the way across the internet is Matthew Peterson. I can't kill Zach. He's a human boy. That is correct. Uh, We are wrapping up this uh, section of Zach on Film and uh, taking a long break. Uh, with and again, for people who don't know, <laughs> Zach is going to because people are. I mean, we've talked about this before. But people on Twitter are still like, yeah. "Wait, you guys are taking a break?" So we are taking a break. Zach is having a child, yeah. yeah. And because uh, cool. your first time uh, child, first time parenting can be a little crazy. We don't want to put on the mm-hmm. added stress of having to prep for a podcast every week. So we're going to take at least a six month break and yeah. see where Zach is at at that time. At six months, he might go, screw you guys. I'm not coming back, which is fine. <laughs> or he might be saying, I got to get out of this house. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> and so for the last uh, couple of weeks, we have been uh, showing Zach horror films. Yes. Some of them involving young children to prepare him Most for of them involving young children. For, parent, for parenthood. And since <laughs> because, his child is due in just a couple of weeks, the best movie to watch is The Omen. And I got to tell you, before my first kid was born, I had sat down and my wife was, you know, confined to to bed rest because of some complications and stuff. And one night it was just on TV and I was like, oh, let's watch The Omen. And she's like, okay. And by the end of the movie, she was just like, I can't believe you had me watch that film. That was so scary. And then, you know, of Could course, when, when the kid is born, you got to check for the little 666 yeah. and the hairline. Sure. So, you know, right. this is this is both a... Uh, a horror film for enjoyment, yeah. but also mm-hmm. a cautionary how-to tale for first-time parents. It's also great because uh, after watching this film, I've decided we will name our child Damien. Are you really? Not a chance. Oh. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> I live with exactly. that. The thing that's important, yeah. the thing you have to remember is that if the child does, you know, is in fact the devil, yeah. he will lie to you. Mm-hmm. So don't fall for it when he tells you that it says 999 and sends right. you out to find the kid with 666 with a line under it. Right. Because that is a lie. Okay. And the child is the devil. And also, just like Strip, don't believe him when I when I ask him, "Are you are you the Antichrist?" And he's like, "I don't know what sound babies like, make no. yet." Babies like, <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll find out what sound babies make very soon, Zach. <laughs> okay, my kid used to make this noise, and she would make it just when you were going to sleep. She would go, <laughs> "Wow, that's horrible!" <laughs> like Skype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So Zach, the omen. Yeah, the omen is. This is yeah. Okay. This is like on the sixth month of quack. the sixth day at yeah. six a.m., a child was born. 
And then one child, well, two children were born and one died. Well, Not died, was murdered. Murdered. Is, is The Omen like a seminal horror movie in America? Um, so again, yes. when, when you but, look at horror films, again, we've talked about like there's the slasher fic, yeah. flick, right? Then there's this supernatural stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I think religious horror falls into a whole other category mm. than like it follows or yeah. um, something like right. Christine or something like that. Right. There's something about, you know, with the fact that there are so many people who are religious and believe that the Antichrist is coming mm-hmm. at the end of days is near. And then you throw this film at them and then that that makes it even more frightening. So I think that in the United States, it did incredibly well yeah. and still does. I mean, they had like 14 movies or something spin off of this thing <laughs> and a remake four, just a few years ago. Four and a remake. Yeah. Four and a remake. And. I yes. think it is. I think it is horrifying. I mean, when you watch it and the 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 nanny is up on top of the uh, townhome or the mansion or whatever, is like, I'm doing it all for you, Damien, Damien. And she jumps off and mm-hmm. hangs herself. That's pretty terrifying, right? Yeah. Or yeah. when uh, the photographer journalist gets his head cut off oh, with the plate glass. I forgot he was going to die and then it happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, poor buddy. Yeah. yeah. It, I, mean, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's terrifying. And then the, this whole mystery of. Is this the Antichrist or not? And then, you know, so I, I don't know. I think that there is, as I said, I think there's a difference between like a, a spooky ghoul that you might find in the ring mm-hmm. and, you know, a Christian belief system that <laughs> says that for every good there is an evil and the evil is coming to get you. Mm-hmm. I think that that is something totally different. And I think it plays a lot differently, especially in the way that this does, where they're not really, I mean, they don't come out and, you know, the kid doesn't spout devil horns or anything like that. No. But, I mean, it's got right. the, cre- this movie has a creepy kid. Yep. It's got the devil dog. Mm-hmm. It's got the cultists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got everything that you need for a scary movie. And then, on top of that, he's got the 666 in, in his head. Yeah. What is this, this is actually an example of uh, a kind of the bad seed horror movie. And there are a lot of them that pop up, and one of them that people don't necessarily think about is the Friday the 13th movies, where it's a creepy kid, something has happened, and now the kid is the threat. It also happens a little bit in Halloween, but there are there are whole genres, or there is a whole genre of films that are just about the kid, there's something wrong with the kid, the baby's going to murder you, uh, like the Ray Bradbury story where the baby literally murders people. I forget what it's called, but I think it's called The Baby's Gonna Murder You <laughs> by Ray Bradbury. <laughs> And you're lucky we didn't watch like Rosemary's Baby, which is all about oh god this woman who she is pregnant mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. this uh, weird kind of group of people always around her and she's worried that she may have been impregnated with the Antichrist. The devil's baby. Oh, or really The Fly, which is not a devil movie at all, <laughs> but has a horrifying sequence where my friend Marcia will not speak to me again. Partly because of the fact that we watched that movie and she's like, why would you do that to me? Sure, I don't see how that uh, applies to the religious supernatural. uh, So this came out after the... There's the scene where she has the fly baby and the fly baby is a fly baby. Yeah. Yeah. This came out after Rosemary Baby and The Exorcist, right? I believe so. This yes. one came out in 76. So The Exorcist came out, I the believe, Exorcist before The Exorcist was 73. This. Yeah. Okay. 73 on The Exorcist, and I believe 68 or 69 on Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Because yeah. I started watching a... I, I don't know where it was from. I was so annoyed with it that I abandoned it. But it was definitely some ripped uh, 
TV special talking about the omen. It was called The Curse of the Omen, mm-hmm. and it details some of the production yeah. mishaps, and that's how I learned that this came out after The Exorcist and Rosemary Baby. Yeah. I had to stop watching it because it was so... It was like anything that went wrong was because of Satan. <laughs> well, was there were some weird things like uh, they were supposed to go do some aerial shots, right? And so uh, at the last minute, they had to cancel going up to shoot... But the plane went up and crashed and killed everyone on board. And yeah. then, like, the the zoo scene, the the zookeeper, the guy that manages the lions, he died the day after they sh- were shooting at the at the location. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of yeah, other. There was like there was like Gregory Peck's son, son died before the committed suicide before he started yeah. this. And then Gregory Peck was flying to England and his plane, plane got was, struck by yeah. lightning. And then one of the producers was flying to England and their plane was struck by lightning. I got very annoyed because, like, anything that went wrong apparently was. They were, they, they were like splinter. They were all like. It was the splinter. Oh, you're going to make Satan. a movie about Satan. You're going to have to deal with the consequences. I'll say all of the people who clearly don't actually so, believe in Satan. Let's, let's ask a question. Let's, let's ask a serious question about this. Okay. Do these things, so with uh, Poltergeist, for example, which I don't know if we ever... Yeah, we did watch the original watched, Poltergeist. No, we watched, oh, the, we remake. watched the remake. <laughs> it was okay. garbage. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, but like Poltergeist has the same thing. Like all these horrible things happen to people involved in the film. Yeah. Uh, you hear these things about the Omen. Now, if the Omen had this really great uh, media campaign that said... Hey, good morning. You're one day closer to the end of the world. And these these weird kind of really ominous, you know, kind of they end of the world kind of things. Cool. Yeah. Planes get struck by lightning all the time. Yeah. Right. My Let's mom just pick has been on one. Yeah. So if you know that you've got a scary Antichrist kind of movie coming out, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to play up on some of that stuff? Like. Oh my gosh, we shot this movie and the next day someone died and then we were flying and we were struck by lightning and all this stuff. Do you think that that is used to help sell the movie or are these things that come out well after the fact? Like the Poltergeist curse, that's come out like well after that movie was released. Yeah, well this, the curse of the omen, I again didn't care enough about it to actually look out when it came (laughs) out. But it looked like it came out in... The 90s, early 2000s. 1999, 2000, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I would hope uh, if you were making a horror movie and someone died while making your film, you wouldn't be like, this movie is so terrifying. Our crew (laughs) died while making it. That That would would be be, really bad. That would be wrong. Yeah. Do not do that. But here's something else people don't think about. You know, another film that had a lot of terrible coincidences and terrible consequences for the people in it? The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, they're all yeah. dead now. But that's the thing. Lots of terrible things <laughs> yeah. happened to people, and there were reputedly deaths on the set. And, you know, Buddy Ebsen tried to be the scarecrow, but he nearly died because of the makeup. No, that's And Tin if you man. look at that, oh, excuse me, the Tin Man. But if you look at that and you say, why don't people look at that the same way? Because it's not a scary movie. It's the human brain making stupid connections. And I think that if they... I don't think that this was actually part of the advertising because, it, as Zach said, if they said, well, this man was in the movie for a second and he died, that's that's wrong. That is that is just flat out – that is faces of death level bull crap. And I would – I, for one, would be like, no, I'm not going to watch this movie. And I'm also going to question anything else made by these filmmakers because that's just – I would bet that in their media campaign somewhere – Gregory Peck is like, yes, we were flying and my plane was struck by lightning. I mean, that's fine. And then, and then I and guess... Leonard Nimoy turns to the camera and says, coincidence? Is that a reference to something? 
he used to do a show. Uh, what was it, it called? Uh, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard, it was called In Search of. In Search of. That's right. And you're not thinking of Leonard Nimoy. You're actually thinking of Jack. Palance I know. I'm thinking of Jack Palance. Ripley's whose believe daughter it or not. was whose daughter played the um the the nanny in this movie. The creepy one? <laughs> yes. No, not the not the not the really short one. The one who hung herself. Oh, that's Jack Palance's like daughter. The woman at the beginning. Yeah. You know that was the only portion of this movie that I actually knew that was the omen. It was I've that. Talked oh, about yeah, because so literally everyone <laughs> just talks about it all the time. Yeah. I assumed and everyone means Stephen. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I thought it was going to be something at the end. I thought maybe that was supposed to be like it was going to be Damon's mom that. Oh, no, she fell out of, she fell falls out of a hospital. But no, that way. scene, which is all I know about the omen, happens in like seven minutes. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yep. well, that's a, that's a good start to a, to a flick. I yeah. gotta say, there's something about this movie that, you know, it takes a long time for this movie to gear up, right? I mean, you've got the opening bit where it's like, hey, your son died, but here's this baby over here, also a boy, the mother died in childbirth. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just take this kid and just go and live your happy life, right? Yeah. So there's that part. And there's like five or ten minutes of just like, let me tell you a story about my best friend, this photo montage of this <laughs> yeah, kid growing up. And then we go to then we go to the year five birthday party, and that's when stuff gets gets crazy. Right. And what's remarkable is this is a Richard Donner film. And I think there are parts of this movie which are horrible. What has Richard Donner done? In- Superman, the movie. Okay. Richard Richard Donner actually, I think, got his start on the last seasons of Rod Serling's Twilight Zone, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he also cool. did the uh, the Lethal Weapon movie. He yeah. also did, uh, he was the uh, executive producer of the X-Men movies. I feel like this opening sequence, to me, says 1976 more than the leisure suits and oh, sure, the fair sure, hair sure, sure. and the cars, because that opening sequence is like pure 1970s to me. Whereas today, you'd have the thing where it's like, your son is dead, here's the baby, and you'd hear, dong, and then there would be a thing that says five years later in white on a black screen, and we'd go straight to the creepy creepy, yeah. and then you know Samara would crawl out of the TV or what the hell ever. To be fair, though, this is Richard Donner's fourth film, uh, he did X-15, which I know nothing about. Salt and Pepper, I know nothing about. Lola. X-15 was about uh, Chuck Yeager. Uh, Lola, cool. a.k.a. Twinkie, in <laughs> was it the full uh, title? 1969. That was the, the title. That's awesome. And then um, then he did The Omen, and then he goes right into Superman, Superman 2, and uh, The Omen 3, The Final Conflict, The Toy, Goonies, Lady Hawk, Lethal Weapon, The Lost Boys, Scrooge, he directed Lethal Weapon the Goonies? 2. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like four out of those 12 movies are actually kind of okay. Yeah. So what was also strange for me mm-hmm. while watching The Omen, uh, there's two things really. The first one, it was weird because a year ago I read the Neil Gaiman Terry Pratchett book, The Good Omens, and I didn't realize that that <laughs> was like a spoof of The Omen. I go, oh, okay. oh, hey, I understand this scene and what they were doing after I like finished the movie. I'm like, oh, I get all of the references kind of now because <laughs> it's pretty much just, you know, yeah. the movie, but you get a you get an angel and a devil in it, um, you know, like not wanting to do their stuff. So it was mm-hmm. fun, funny, funny, fun book. Recommends if you've ever read it. And then it was also great because I don't know if uh, people listening know this, but I, I grew up in a pretty uh, conservative, fundamentalist Christian 
household. And so the idea of people looking for the Antichrist like to grow up is not like outside of the realm I know, of that's the what I, I grew up in. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> when you have, and, I, and I'm not saying this is every religious uh, group or family, but every religion has a group of people and some people who are more hardcore into their religion than others who will totally double down on that's the work of the devil. Or the devil is oh, coming, and yeah, you must that. be ever vigilant for for the Antichrist yeah. or the large group of people that are publishing things on, hey, in 2012, the earth will end, as been prophesied in Revelations. Yeah, my yeah. friends in church were okay. not, like, picking dates, but I did have a friend who I went to high school with, who was in my graduating class, who very seriously put together a PowerPoint just for, like, our friends, because that's the kind of guy he is, uh-huh. uh, detailing... Um, like natural phenomena and like wars and stuff and how that it was the sign of the coming of the end. It was a well done PowerPoint. Yeah. Uh, not the end times are upon us. Yeah. And so people freaking out in like a small group of people in the Omen being like, oh, we, it's, the scene that really solidified it was when Gregory Peck's character goes to meet with the father right before he dies right and they're kind of he's kind of spelling out this prophecy from the book of revelation about the antichrist coming and there's they're like they're like rome rome's not a powerhouse and he goes yes we've already worked that out it's the european currency market or something like that like that is so what i grew up in it was like yeah. i remember when the eu was formed yeah. and my dad was like this is it one currency they're all joining it ends coming. <laughs> Brexit kind of, I don't know yeah. if that he has to revise that, his yes. thing, but uh, that notion <sighs> is just really interesting to oh, yeah. see it in a film used as a horror tactic. Oh, yeah. It's great. Well, that's why you need to, I mean, if you really want to go into that weird end, I mean, you kind of already maybe gone through some of that, but I mean, listen to those uh, late night talk show podcasts don't. and radio shows. Where Just occasionally don't. they will have people on that are talking about end times, and it's crazy to listen to. Oh yeah, it's fun. Yeah, there's. Uh, I remember an Art Bell when I used to listen to him. He had this guy on that was like, <laughs> "The Antichrist is already alive, and he's here, and we can't say his name because he will sue us because it's a real person." But <laughs> if you look it up, and the guy, the the person would say, "Here's here's what all this person does, and here's yeah. who he is, and here's who he's known by," mm-hmm. but this guy is the Antichrist, and they would say. Just the other day, I thought his name, and I turned around, and he was standing right there. Mm. And and so people get really that's freaked so out cool. about that stuff. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Funny. It's, I mean, it's fun. To, I mean, and that's the kind of the nice thing about this time of year with Halloween and the horror films is, I you know I don't I don't think that any of this is real, but it's fun to get worked up about it. You know, I think, and that's kind of the fun oh. about a horror film yeah. is to get worked up about. Oh my god. I just saw this horror movie about a guy coming out in your dreams and I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden there's no one here and it's a foggy night and I'm going to freak out because I just saw this scary movie. Mm -hmm. And so that adrenaline kick that comes from that uh, fight or flight factor, I think, enhances horror movies. And I think ultimately that's why horror movies work is because it kicks in that adrenaline and that rush. That we don't need to survive anymore. Yeah, Yeah. and, (laughs) and so people are just like, Oh, okay. That is, that's interesting. Or the seed is planted so that when they are alone and they hear the bump of the house or they hear something crawling in the wall, they're suddenly like, Oh my God, what is that? Mm -hmm. And then, so you start freaking out and start thinking about every 
horror movie you've ever seen. Right. Because, you know, it's interesting, Matthew, is that while watching The Omen, Mm -hmm. I did not think it was as scary as it follows. But after watching the movie, walking through my dark Mm -hmm. house, I was a little bit more on edge than I was in It Follows (laughs) because creepy nuns are creepy. Or creepy all satanic all, nuns. All nuns yes. are creepy, yes. And I think part of that is, you know, when, when we saw It Follows, we talked about the fact that nothing is scarier than something in a lot of cases. And that is true in that film. But this is a movie that successfully builds all of this up with very, very little, I mean, not even the expectation of here's a crazy naked man standing on your house. Really, the only overtly you know, supernatural things that show up that we know that we can say are overtly weird are maybe a lightning strike and some wild dogs, uh-huh. but it just ratchets up the tension. And of course it's Gregory Peck at the center of it all. Oh just... man. De- Devil dogs. I love that theme in, in movies. I remember, um, when I was a kid, uh, I don't know. I was probably about my oldest son's age. So probably around 10, my parents were starting to let me stay up past the news so I could watch the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. on Friday night. And then, of course, after Twilight Zone were these scary movies uh, that they would put on. So Friday Fright Night. It's Crematia Mortem. I it was whoever or the guy, Uncle What's-His-Face. Um, Uncle Ed Muscari. Yeah. And, um, and so there would be like these movies that's just like Devil Dog. Mm-hmm. And this would be these like Dobermans or Rottweilers would be like just suddenly being menacing towards people. <laughs> and I was just like thrilled by that stuff. I was like, ah, devil dog. So anytime that I see these, these, uh, tropes pop up in a movie, it just starts me giggling because it is when you're talking about the devil films, the Doberman Pincher and the Rottweiler are always familiars of the devil mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like it's it's just crazy how they make it work and and make it scary you know you're a, a pack of rottweilers come out of nowhere while you're in this old cemetery and start attacking you that's terrifying yeah you don't want that to happen yeah what what was weird for me is i forgot the direction uh, of good omens of that like the religious hospital was actually the satanist people mm. and so when the new nun comes after the old nanny like, hangs herself, right? I thought, hey, this is a good Catholic lady. She's here <laughs> to protect the child because the child is actually possessed, and she like needs oh, to yeah, save yeah. his body <laughs> so the 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 soul of of the Antichrist can leave him. So even when she walks in the room, she says. Don't worry, child. I'm here to protect you. I'm like, oh, good. Someone's gonna do an exorcist. So this would be great. And then I forgot that she's actually <laughs> like supposed an to be evil. Of the and devil. so that made me uh, freak out at certain yeah. moments when yeah. she was like, yeah. "You shouldn't take this." When you hire your nanny, Zach, you guys are gonna oh, look yeah. really close at those references. I'll make sure my our oh. aunt, our aunt is uh, not. Don't torture. <laughs> Well, so he's going to be a parent. So there man. is. So one of the things that happens in this film is, um, oh, what's her? The the mom, who I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head, but she's Lee going, yeah, Lee Remick. She is going through bits of this movie where she, she's literally like, I'm afraid that my child is possessed or that my child is evil. Mm-hmm. That's an actual condition that uh, some women fall into after they've had their kid, where they're just like. 
this is not my kid. This has been a replaced kid. The, this kid is possessed mm-hmm. or he's, you know, he's not my child kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that's a real condition that happens. And so when they're showing that in this film, it's kind of easy for Gregory Peck's character, Thorne, to just kind of pass it off as, oh, uh, she's just, you know, having these, these issues and, and things like that, which makes it even more terrifying when he starts to believe that, you know, this kid is the, is the antichrist and he tried to kill my wife and he killed my unborn kid and now he's going to kill me and I must get him first. It's, it's really terrifying because some of these things are based on fact. I mean, just the, the whole revelation thing is enough mm-hmm. to get a, a lot of people worked up over this stuff. What didn't quite mm. work for me, and I wish that it would have been, I don't know, done a little bit differently, was the ending of the movie. Okay. When, because <laughs> we're going to skip around because that's what we do here. Sure. That right. the ending in that uh, the mom has died because Damien rode his little tricycle into mm-hmm. the chair she was standing on, mm-hmm. and she fell, well, I'm assuming... From the feet to the ground was probably six feet, and so she died. Well, she, no, she, no, 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 no. <laughs> no she, she went to the. Oh, that's hospital, right. She went to the hospital, and then she got and thrown out the building. And then the crazy, right. the that's crazy right. nanny shows up and shoves her out the that's window. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you and definitely should have broke like her arms. It looks like it was closer to thirty feet. It looks like it was a third floor parapet. Yeah, it was a, like third floor. The was it yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, the falling and the falling sequence of her falling was not great. I know. I know. So to be honest, though. So that they didn't actually kill Lee Remick. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? and, and had this been a few years later, yeah. they really revolutionized how people fall and move with the Superman movie that Donner uh, worked on, especially uh, in the rig that they would put Christopher Reeve in to fly him around. Mm-hmm. Uh was totally right. All computer controlled and, and platform that you lay on. They would have been able to do that with her in this, yeah. in that shot. But they, they couldn't, obviously. And it looks like a dummy that they're dropping. Yeah, and that obviously great. is. But it's fine. Uh, so what I learned from that scene is it, that scene and from The Shining is don't buy my son a tricycle, like a <laughs> right. tricycle, because that just never leaves anything good. Uh, so that's happened. And then Gregory Peck at that point, have we ever done demon dogs and Damien's yeah. mom is a dog? That was jackal. weird. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've done that and blah, 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 blah. Gregory Peck needs to kill Damien in mm-hmm. a church. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've already done a bunch of religious imagery. I thought we were going to get uh, like an Old Testament moment of uh, Jacob needing to kill his son on the mountain, and then oh, like, yeah. God well, brings I mean, the goat. Kind of, that's kind, kind of that. but I they don't I don't think they played it up very much of him being like I'm going to kill a child. Based off of well, a circumspectual thing by a, like a priest, and some things have happened, but I have no like proof that this is really an evil child it could have been all these people surrounding the child he doesn't really seem worked up about it he seems like he's pretty much just going to stab well, him straight in so the heart. he's been told so doctor who shows up and tells <laughs> tells gregory peck right which doctor tells the omega man uh d- second doctor oh, okay second so the second yeah. doctor shows up and tells the omega <laughs> man no no that's uh charlton heston who was going Charlton's to be who was okay. going to be so he tells the atticus lawyer finch. atticus finch, finch. Yeah. yes atticus finch and sark from Tron are trying to find number two from the prisoner to figure out how to kill the baby because the second doctor told them to this is a great who is that guy film yeah no so yeah but seriously when the second doctor shows up and he's telling him this and then the journalist is like okay well here are these crazy writings and things that I've found and I've tracked and look Mm -hmm. at this so throughout the film Gregory Peck's character is being presented with 
all of this evidence. And then when he's told that, you know, Damon's going to try to kill your wife, then he's or he's going to try to kill your unborn son, then he's going to kill your wife. And then all of these things just suddenly add up to Gregory Peck, especially when he goes to um, wherever he goes to uh, M- M- Mijioto. Um, oh, yeah. And he's talking Mijito. to and he's talking to um, number two. Bergenhagen. Yeah. And he's like, well, here's Number how you two. have to kill him. And, you know, you have to kill him in the way that the cross is laid out with these magical mm-hmm. relics. Uh, he's bought into it at that point, especially when he finds out his wife has died. When, and he's just like, that's that's it. This has got to be the case. And then when he cuts the hair, sees the 666, is attacked by the crazy nun and the, <laughs> or the crazy nanny and the and the dog. It all just makes sense to him. So he is, you know, at first he doesn't want to kill that kid. And when the journalist loses his head... <laughs> Right. When Sark's yeah. head gets cut off, that's when he realizes he has to stab the boy. Yeah. And it, it I mean, it is played because you see when he's talking to number two, he is appalled. Mm-hmm. He is disgusted mm-hmm. at the idea of killing a child. But he's also at the point where by this point, he's not referring to the child as my son or even as a child. Right. They're calling it it. They right. are saying that's Damien true. it. It is not a human child. It's not a human creature. So, I mean, he has already bought in to the second doctor's theory Mm -hmm. and he's, he's on board when number two is trying to brainwash him. And the fact that it's the second doctor and number two is awesome, by the way, because when doctor who shows up to tell you that your son is the devil, you kind of have to listen. listen Yeah. 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 Well, and also this is very important, you know, uh, based on the season six B theory of doctor who, we don't know how the second doctor actually died. This is it. And that's, that is why, by the way, and this is true. The first appearance of the third doctor is called spearhead from space. And it's a reference to the fact that the second doctor dies from a spearhead from space. This is a true fact that I've just made up. I I like it. I was going to say, I don't think that it's canon that, that is all true, though. That's the name of the episode, and that is the season six B theory that the doctor, the second doctor, stays and has adventures after we see his last appearance at the end of season six of Doctor Who. And I believe that in my head, this is one of those adventures, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't see him regenerate, but we see him impaled in a terrible way. You know, I know the people who make Doctor Who, and I'm going to say that's right. Okay. I personally know yeah. them all, yeah. so I, I did not. I did them. not realize that <laughs> David Warner was in was in teenage, no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two: The Secret of the Ooze. He's in, Ooh, he's in everything. He he's is. in Star Trek either five he, or six. He plays Rachel Ghoul in Batman the Animated Series. Baller, yeah, yeah. He is he is uh, the voice of uh, Frankenstein in something, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh wait, it's that he plays guy. the Archmage I mean, in the was, Gargoyle series. Yeah, he was uh, in The Legend of Prince Valiant. Yeah. Uh, he was in that. What was that? Um, after Twin Peaks, that David Lynch thing on TV that was set in like Miami or Wild Palms or 29 oh, yeah, Palms. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Miami. Yeah, yeah. 29 yeah, he Palms. Was in that. Not 29 Palms, but I know which one. Wild Palms. About. Wild Palms. Yeah. Was he in Twin Peaks? I don't think so. Okay. But yeah, I mean, that man is in everything. And it's fascinating to me to see this and see him being like 12. Yeah. But it's even more fascinating to see his big rubbery head get chopped off by a shard of glass. No, not a shard of glass. You know, a plate of okay, glass. A, a plate of glass <laughs> that then shatters into I shards. Think but it, you know, that is that to my for my wife was more horrifying than the nanny hanging herself. 
Hmm. It is. And the way that the thing about the nanny hanging herself is we see it and it's portrayed in a way that it feels like you are a participant on the ground with the mm-hmm. thorns mm-hmm. and you're looking up and then we see the sh- shot of her from above and she drops but then we see that wide shot of the house where her body flops down and breaks the window four times and that to me is a thing where it feels like we are part we're there at damien's party our point of view is we're a party goer whereas when sark gets his head chopped off we are literally up close and personal we're like there in joe bob briggs vision mm-hmm with the decapitation and when that when that thing comes just to flying off of the the car we get that point of view shot where we are for a moment sark and we see and i don't know his character's name i'm sorry but we see the glass fly at the camera which would be great if this were in 3d and then we cut to the literally cut to the shot of the cut and that's i mean that's a thing where again we talk about the cinematography in these movies and we talk talk about this is like this guy does this and this and this this movie's kind of all over the place because it feels like the first half of the movie is entirely different than the second half but i feel like that decapitation is more horrifying because of how up close and personal it is the i so the omen was remade in like 2006 yeah and i watched the clip of the remake Mm -hmm. of the nanny hanging sequence Mm -hmm. it's not as good I just saw that and I go, oh, this movie is obviously not as good because yeah. that whole sequence had this weird energy to it that didn't make sense. And of course, I didn't watch like the first 15 minutes, but how much could I, I knew what should happen? And the camera angles are weird and she doesn't even like break a pane of glass and she just like slaps into the building, which I didn't think mm. was. Yeah, it's not as, it's cool, not as dramatic. It's cool as yeah. dramatic. <laughs> It's not as dramatic and it's not as dynamic because when she falls and she breaks that window, not only do you have the scary music in the background from the 1976 synthesizer, but you have breaking glass, Mm -hmm. which is one of the noises that I think every human has a visceral fear flying response when you hear breaking glass. And also, you know, that Omen remake was just unnecessary. There's that there's not like a point of view to it. It's just like, Hey guys, remember the eighties? Uh, speaking of the music, it was something that I was terrified at by the end, mm-hmm. but in the beginning and middle, I snickered at a lot because the music by was Jerry Goldsmith, Jerry Goldsmith. is a lot of Latin shout yeah, sure. chanting. Sure. And- well, just like get out. Yeah, they yeah, it's using... very, very much like Get Out. Yeah, where they were singing in Swahili. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The have you have either of you uh, listened to the soundtrack of the Book of Mormon? No, I have not. Mm, is that the the Trey and yeah. uh, yes. Matt? I've seen the movie, but I haven't heard of the soundtrack, and I can't remember the movie because I saw it. There may have been a sandwich involved, um, but it was years ago. The the it's very good it's a it's a very good soundtrack i've listened to it a lot i think i have it somewhere but there uh i recommend it just give it a quick listen it's, okay. it's very 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 funny and then watch like the performances during the tony oh yeah it's very I, I definitely good. i when i saw so, the tony performance it's like i want it's see wonderful movie. yeah there is a song Ooh, is it in the first half of is in the first act or second i can't remember it's called spooky mormon hell dream <laughs> and the main character uh goes to hell or it doesn't matter but there is a bunch of latin 
chanting in the middle, which essentially devolves into them like shouting "spooky us" and just like really <laughs> funny stuff that sounds kind of Latin. Yeah, which was the problem of watching the Omen is because I I want someone to give me a clean track of the Omen with no music in it, so then I can take oh, yeah. all of that section of the Book of Mormon and just like throw it in the background to see how much I can laugh. Right. Uh, that's all I want to do, and it was very well. Very my fun. brain, whenever I hear Latin. And, you know, and part of it is the fact that one of my major touchstones for spooky Latin chanting is actually South Park, the episode <laughs> where uh, the kid comes to town and he's the devil. And they do that same trick mm-hmm. where the background singers are yelling stuff. And my brain hears Latin and is trying to translate it. My brain is hearing like dog fart yeah. <laughs> have a cheese. and I'm just all the way through this movie, you know, partly because there's scary, creepy parts and I don't want to look at the scary creepiness, but your brain is trying to translate translate that and you're just like bing cherries and all the way through this film it was doing that for me basically because of trey and matt so you know screw you guys i'm going home the final shot in the omen is gregory peck and lady actress's name steven ridley remick ridley remick uh being buried in washington right we see uh apparently some president and his wife it was a tiny child and thorn and President Thorne, yeah, Richard, who's uh, Robert's brother. Yep. Oh, is that how it worked? No, mm-hmm. I must miss that relationship. Yeah, they that makes way more sense now. Earlier. Yeah, they they just barely. I knew that. like they were. I thought they were just like really good friends, but apparently they're there's brothers. A, okay, there is a reference that he that he makes early on where he's like, "Well, he's the president of the United States." Mm-hmm. So that makes, I guess, it even makes even more sense why then at the end, Damien would be then living in the White House. Yeah. To fulfill that prophecy right. yeah. of the Antichrist will come up through yeah. politics. Because, because America yeah. and mm-hmm. have to be in the middle of right. everything. Yeah. Because, the, because well, the omen too. And, yes. Yeah. The, uh, Dead by dawn. the shot of Damien just looking back into the camera and then just yes. slowly smiling. Yeah. That was that's the creepiest thing of this that, movie. And that's a six-year-old kid doing yeah. that. Yeah. Who <laughs> got the part. So good. Who got the part by uh, kicking uh, Richard Donner in the balls. Is that seriously true? Yeah. I am going to get my yeah. next job like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, so believe, you believe he, that that child is the devil if he kicks you right in the heart. So um, they wanted to see if this kid could play crazy when it came time to do crazy. Yeah. And so Donna was like, uh, I need you to attack me. And the kid just started going crazy and kicked him in the... Kicked him in the ball. Yeah, kicked him in the in, in the, the jimmy. Yeah. Which he only goes Kick crazy in like in one scene. That's a pretty... You got to admit that's a pretty scary scene when they're driving up to that church it's, and he starts going bat crazy. Just... Yes, and there's there's uh, well, actually, the moment where he's in the car freaking out is 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 terrifying. It's not him that jumps Gregory Peck at the end, is it? It's crazy nanny lady. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because I'm thinking that that was him crawling all over him like a spider monkey. No, that's the but, nanny. Yeah, that's actually the nanny, which you know is weird because later she'd go live with Mister Sheffield, and she didn't seem crazy at all. But the, that Nothing. that I have literally no idea what that means. But that shut up that little tiny kid that one moment because he's like he doesn't really do a whole no, lot in no. the movie. That's he's you know, just we had there. this conversation about creepy kids and yeah. how is yeah. it just the fact that they can't act which makes them creepy? Yeah, or is it just the kids smile that every creepy kid does that freaks you out? There's something yeah. inherently terrifying 
about a child because children. <laughs> no, I'm oh, serious. Yeah, children. No, you exactly. should You're hear about the into the world. You should hear the stories Aubrey brings home. Of oh kids. no, I, I know all. Of, I've, I've <laughs> children, heard them too. children don't have the restraints. Children don't have the governors. And I say that with you three, you know, you two, whoever you are, you and Stephen and and myself, we are weirdos anyway. And I still go, you know, a child doesn't have that thing that says, hey, you know those scissors? Don't stab them in someone's hand. Children don't have that. They might stab you with the scissors. And that's just wrong and bad, but they won't feel bad about it because they're little sociopaths who don't have any real belief in what is right and wrong other than what we're giving them. So part of it is the fact that, first of all, they're little scale model people, but their heads are too big. So they have big eyes and big teeth. So excited for this child to be born. Yeah. It's going to be super exciting. Yeah. You know what? I will tell you. I will tell you. The most horrifying thing about having a child for the Petersons uh, was the fact that the child was born two feet tall and weighing ten and a half pounds. So the child at birth was taller than the shortest adult human being on record, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. That is the scariest part of having a child. No, so I, think, I, think the, I think the, the scariest part of scariest part of having a child is the f- first time you change the diaper after they've been eating like Fruit Loops or Fruity Pebbles or oh, one of those kind God, of things. Not the Fruit Loops story. Beets. Uh, no, I. Beets. Well, beets. Beets will also be terrifying. Is that worse than the beets first poop? I've heard you... the first poop is, is, well, is, is like tar. Uh, the first, well, I mean, it's, it I mean, you get over the be... poop stuff, but when the poop comes out yeah. and it's neon green, you suddenly have a freak out going, "What is wrong with my child?" Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, or when it's, it's the dye well, from the cereal. Yeah, see, all my friends pooped red. green in high school because of our applesauce. So, oh, okay, so you're used to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When it's bright red, that's even. It's even How about terrifying. puking up blue gogurt? That that yeah, terrifying. I won't haven't had to deal okay. with much puke besides a couple of times when I was a CNA. Yeah, I'm in not. High a, I'm, I don't handle puke very well. No, so it's a weird smell. All of the times that my my youngest never had a puke baby moment. Mm-hmm. Never. He never threw up once. That's weird. Are you sure he's not actually the Antichrist? He might be. Has he ever I, been I, sick? I have a he's feeling. actually an android. <laughs> Shot up. Actually, he has been sick. <laughs> but um, the oldest was, I don't know, and this may be one of the reasons why he's so small, but throws up, threw up all mm. the time for like the first four years of his life. Yeah. And, oh, have you have you learned about sign language with your baby yet? I, I know they learn it really fast. I, okay. I, we taught my little siblings sign oh, language. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. So good. You got to learn that sign language yeah. because get a little good the oldest is sitting on there, you know, on the on the couch next to me and he's eating a Go-Gurt and yeah. he wants more. And I'm like, okay, here you go. And he finishes that up and he wants more. And I'm like, oh, no. dude, why are you so hungry? And then I just Rat. imagine, just imagine <laughs> the exorcist, but with blue Go-Gurt <laughs> instead of pea soup. And it's like, <sighs> So yeah, you'll have you'll have so many fun adventures, but it's so worth it, Zach. Even if your child does yeah. turn out to be the Antichrist, it's so worth the fun if, and enjoyment of having. If a the kid. child turns out to be the Antichrist, I'll be sure to film it. Okay, well, be and like massive the, hits on YouTube. I don't think that your child. <laughs> I don't think that your child will be the Antichrist. I think that your child will be like the anti Chuck Norris. Which is kind of a different thing, but most importantly, mm-hmm. I can I can give you a very specialized thing that not every parent has to deal with, but it's terrible, and it happens eight times a day. And there's that point where you know if your child falls and she skins her knee or she bumps her nose or she cuts herself, you're like, oh no, my baby is bleeding. It's terrible. 
But if your child, say, has to stab herself eight times a day every time she eats and has to deal with the blood as a thing, and you're just like, I can't get used to seeing the blood every time. It's, it's terrible. It is bad. So what I'm saying to you, Zach, is be aware of that boy's pancreas and take care of that mofo is what I'm saying. I'll put a, I'll put a special yeah, spell on the pancreas. What, no, what I recommend is, uh, you know the Mylar bags that you keep comics in? Just don't, wrap don't one around his pancreas. Put don't, the pancreas in the mylar don't, bag. Don't put your kid not in a mylar the, bag. Not the kid, just the pancreas. Doesn't doesn't work that way, Matthew. Sorry. No, Stephen, putting a kid in a bag is wrong and bad. Yeah, that's that's one of my. Sometime we'll do a top five irrational fears, and and one of my fears yeah. involves children in plastic bags. Oh, good don't. I mean, it's a good fear. No, it's bad. Solid fear. Oh, What's this that? is coming out here Halloween, and I'm already yeah. horrified. Yeah, no, it's it terrifies me all the time. At least once a week, I have one of these terrifying moments. Oh. I am, yeah, I'm not, like, during my average out couple hours at my home and stuff, I'm not scared anything's wrong is going to happen. And I feel like that's going to change now. Like, I'm not worried uh-huh. someone's hurt in our home. I'm not worried that someone isn't taking care of themselves for, like, suffocating or choking on a toy. Because we, oh, we don't have toys yet. And Aubrey hasn't there stuck her go. head in a bag for at least six months. So, <laughs> you know, everything has been fine. But now I feel like with a tiny human. You still have a dog? Important. You have a dog. Yeah, it's a okay. dog. And right. she do? She just have like dogs every once in a while. Have you baby-proofed your house yet? No. Have you baby-proofed the dog? That's what's important. No, we're kind of worried about it a little bit. You get one of them Mylar bags, right? You just put the dog in it. You put put the dog. All right, so here's something else. This is important. And this is down the line a ways. But this is important and referential to the movie that we're watching. If your child, let's say, is in another room and you're sitting in the living room, you're having some popcorn, I don't know, flying a drone, (laughs) hanging out with Melanie, and you hear, which is the sound of a child falling. Mm Mm-hmm. And you no, not necessarily. Hear... Okay. Could be well, the sound then, okay, of a child jumping. Sound. Could be the sound of a child sound throwing of something on the floor. <laughs> Could be any number if of things. You hear, if you hear the kabump of yeah. a child falling mm-hmm. and you immediately hear tears, get up and go, go check. But well, if you hear the like... kabump of a child falling and you hear about a three or four second pause mm-hmm. and then the tears start, you get up and you run. You run like a mofo because well, that child is actually hurt and not just stunned from falling on the floor. <laughs> no, that could be the three or four count is the child going, what happened? And then seriously, it comes from my parents are not reacting to this. Yeah. So now I will start screaming. Or they oh, you get that dove off of their like, bunk bed and they knocked yes, the wind right. out of them. That's, that's usually right. It. Or you, you came down and say, say she was trying to do a Randy Savage elbow on a stuffed lamb. <laughs> Not that this actually happened in my house. This is purely theoretical, but say she does that and comes down and you hear that, that few seconds of silence. And then you hear the screaming start. That's when, that's when you worry. That is when you, you're like, dun, da, da, no. time to, when time you to have care. to worry is when you hear the thud and you're like, you okay in there? Hey, are you okay in there? And then that's when you're like, oh crap. Yeah, See, I've no. never, I've never had that. Well, so uh, that. here's two words of advice. Think, think. Two words two, or two statements. Two, two statements words. of advice. Okay. First one. Okay. First one. And I'm yeah. serious about this. Okay. Do not talk to your kid in baby talk. What? Yeah. True. No. No. Don't ever do that. 
from day one, yeah, no, you talk to the true. kid like an adult. Yeah, no, that's not No, that, seriously. Don't go around going, no, don't do that. Mm, I mean, my wife has studied infant education, and that's a thing. So Straight not, up just yes, treat your kid like an adult. Not going to do Straight up teach your kid like an adult. Okay, but thank They will be more, I'll better adjusted. Away. They will be better adjusted not, if you treat the kid like, like an adult. adult Zach. But no. speak to the child in complete sentences yes. from the beginning. Talk to the child as they're a, an intelligent no. person. Okay. Not, not you can, you oh, can this widow wonkums and want some more choom chooms. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> you can you can use, you know, small words and you can use sentence sentence construction that is simple for a child. Do you want a bagel? Yeah. You want a bagel? You and want then, toast? Yeah. Let's yes, uh, let's and, go take a bath. It's bath time. And number two, mm-hmm. when they do fall down, uh-huh. do not freak out. Right. So if they fall because down, don't be you, going, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Just go, yeah. hey, you're okay. Yeah. Get up. Let's do it again. Because that will teach your you kid being scared. To, be, to be fearless. To not and you be being scared be is the scariest thing to a kid. Yeah. And I will t- I will tell you another terrible story. Yeah, I'm right. Um, <laughs> at one point, no, it's a terrible story. At one point, I got a seven-year-old, right? I got a seven-year-old and she is getting used to the idea of giving herself insulin shots. And so she's telling her grandma how this goes. And she's explaining, okay, first, grandma, you have to find out what the sugar is. And then you do the math five units per unit. Then you take this and you put the needle on and you do the thing and you set it for that number and you wait for daddy's hands to stop shaking. (laughs) And then you take the needle and you go pop and then you push the button and then you take it out and you wait for daddy's hands to stop shaking again. And she's explaining this to her grandmother because this is the procedure that she and I have been using for this. And I realized at that point, she did not know that daddy's hand shaking means that I'm freaking out and I'm really, really not particularly comfortable with this procedure, but we got to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's, that's good. She's not afraid of this thing that I'm super afraid of. Because your parents being scared of something when you're a kid is the scariest thing ever, with the possible exception of maybe like a dog that has the head of a bigger, scarier dog. Or a dog that that has the head of the old homeless man that was his pal, and there's a big old pod that's right next to it. And when the dog licks its face, it's like the dog tongue comes out and licks the human's face. That's right. the scariest thing or, in the world. Or Donald scary. Sutherland standing on the Great National Mall and pointing to you and going, oh, yep. and then you're like, what? Yep. Or just going, or, saying, I'm just going to take a nap for just a moment. And then you turn around and your wife's like, I think we should join this organization. It is wonderful, Zach. Dominus. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really going to watch in, all of the references. You really need to watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The <laughs> uh, 70, was it 78 we, version we watched of Invasion, Invasion of the Body Snatchers on no, this show. Not, we didn't watch that the, one. Not the Donald Sutherland yeah, version. We watched true. the original we watched one. The Andrew, yeah. yeah, the Andrew McCarthy. No, yeah. the Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Andrew McCarthy was in uh, Mannequin, I think. Yeah, we watched the uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s dad version. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Downey. Yeah. <laughs> Robert <laughs> No, no, Robert Downey Jr.'s dad is Morton Downey right, Jr. So the last okay. name is Downey. No Jr. baby talk to your to your child. No promises. Yes. Do Don't not freak scared. out when the do kid not falls freak down. Out. Do I can do that. Out. Okay. Probably. Okay. And also, you know what I said about the Mylar? Yeah. Don't actually do that. Good, good, good. I think okay. Zach knew that. Part. Yeah, that one I knew. Was I just wanted to make sure because, you know, sometimes Zach is a young man and I think he looks to you and I as maybe like, you know, father figures or maybe oh, creepy sage, uncle who sage, always wanted to be a sailor people. figures. What old wise men, yeah. you know. 
Steven's yeah. been around. Steven, Steven's like, you know, he's, he's been doing this stuff and I'm weird and talk funny and, and <laughs> you, you know, and, probably Jewish. So you're like, yeah, that's, that's exotic. I got to listen to him. You, so you two and, uh, Rodrigo are the three <laughs> wines men. So I expect, uh, that's true. I call frankincense. I can run over to, I can get some, I got some frankincense in my drawer. I'll give that to you. It's up to <laughs> yeah. Rodrigo and Matthew to get you the myrrh and the gold. So there you go. All right, you know let's what? wrap this so thing up. That's wraps it up. Rodrigo will this. bring gold, and that will ruin my gift, and then I'll be like, I got myrrh. Why would yep. you do that? Nobody wants myrrh. Uh, no one wants myrrh. Burr. Yeah, man. So that's the ending for a while. For a while. In in the meantime, head over to Majorspoilers.com, where you can find this podcast posting page and give all of your thoughts on the omen or any of- uh, Parental pr- advice. Yeah, parental advice you oh, have. You know what? I need to go back really quick, Zach, because we did this for you last week. Yeah, I saw that. Probably didn't get as much traction as uh, I wanted to if it had gone up on the day when I asked it to go up. But we had a major spoilers question of the day yeah. this past week I saw it. where uh, we we asked our listeners yep. to suggest names yeah. for for your baby child, yeah. which you still have not shared. But I'm a firm believer. We don't in, identically have one. <laughs> I am. I told I told you, Matthew, he had not picked out. A we name. really have am, not picked out a name. I right. am still a firm believer in Malcolm. OK. OK. What's the other one that I suggested that you were like, oh, Bigsby. Bigsby. <laughs> Bigsby was one that your, your wife you was know, like, oh, I kind of like that one. She wasn't. So one Biggs, of the great so there's Malcolm. Here, here, here are the responses. Yeah. We've got Malcolm. We got Bigsby. We got. Those yeah. are both from you. I yeah. got Mowgli, uh, Conan, Virginia, Mo- Gray, and yeah. Dingo. Conan, Wait, what was good. one of those? Mowgli. Yep. No. Uh, the, right. the long list. Conan. Uh huh. Virginia. Uh huh. Gray. Yeah. Dingo. Gray's Maybe good. I was thinking of Conan. I think Conan kind of sounded okay. Cool. There's also Talbot, Conan's which I think kinda... is a really cool. Yeah, name. you guys kept saying like that was a reference to something. What, the, why don't I get it? The werewolf. Larry Talbot is the name of the original Universal Monsters werewolf. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. So Lawrence that's why Talbot, I said. Yeah. I said yeah, it's, good. it's a really good name. Yeah, it's good. But I think you wouldn't get it. But no, I don't. Talbot is a really that's good not a name. bad name. It's a solid name. We also have Timber. Yeah, especially now that. Timber's good. Air, Timber's a girl's name, though. And I am Malone Wolf, to where it sounds like I'm a lone wolf. That one was really wolf. funny. Yeah. I am Malone Wolf. So what is on, <laughs> what is on your list, then? What are you, you picked out some that your wife hasn't yeah. crossed off the list yet? Um, so here's the thing. We're not actually telling people even what the options are. So generally, I've, oh, just, been, I've just been faking it with people, but I want to okay. be honest with you, too. I, I was going to give you fake names. I usually tell people uh, Franklin is my... Uh, go to actually I was telling everyone Franklin? we were going to name it Franklin uh, or uh, Franklin Douglas Frederick Douglas Frederick Douglas yeah Frederick Franklin Delano Wolf uh, there was a bunch of weird ones I keep telling people and most of them people think oh Lioness was one I, I told people for a long time and they're like oh I like that, Is that was that a family uh, name Lioness and I said <laughs> I said no we just really love the peanuts <laughs> <laughs> Which, and he did uh, say peanuts, not yeah, the other. So. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta name it after yourself if you know what I mean. Um, uh, so no, we don't have a name yet. We had one, we like agreed on one tentatively, and then we thought about it for about a week, and then we threw it out. And we've kind of been floating one right now, and well, we will um, find out. In well, the I guess we'll weeks. see. Yeah, Aubrey thinks maybe we'll just decide when the moment happens. Okay. Uh, Malcolm. Uh, Howland. Malcolm is like the Howland most Dwarf. solid name. Or Talbot. Uh, okay. Talbot's okay. pretty cool. Talbot is really cool. I do like that one. Damien Wolf. 
No. I think after <laughs> you this. Give him a, yeah, no, after this. Let me guess. You give it, no, you give him a good no. middle name. Like, right. it follows. Damien, it follows Wolf. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you follow me on Twitter. I'm sure I'll post a name of the child when Z it's Wolf born. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Wait, That's it. Wait until everyone in your family's been notified. Well, yeah, I'm not going to not going to live the rest stream of the world. It. I have asked Aubrey if uh what about- if he, she'll allow me to put a GoPro on our doctor's forehead. <laughs> not Probably a also not, not a, a big idea. fan. <laughs> not a big Probably fan. Probably not a good idea. Oh, and uh she well. won't, and I won't let you. All right, let's wrap this <laughs> okay, up. Okay, wrap it up. Other shows to Majorspoilers.com. You can find this podcast posting page. Talk about the omen. Talk about our parenting, parenting advice, or maybe sneak in another name suggestion while there's still time. Uh, use Amazon.com. You can buy The Omen in Blu-ray yeah, so you, you don't can. have to watch it in full screen mode from Cinemax using your Amazon Prime account and getting it for free. That was a big hassle yeah, I had to go through. Anyways, not bitter at all. Buy it from there. Won't cost you any extra, but a little bit of money will come back to major spoilers to keep podcasts like this going uh, for at least the six months while it's not on air. Uh, that's it for Zach on Film. We'll see you next time. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.